Welcome to Anchored in Transforming Truth, a podcast dedicated to learning and applying the truth of God's Word to our lives. And now for today's episode. Hi guys, this is Zindi, and welcome to another episode of Anchored in Transforming Truth. Uh, I want to welcome you, those that are new here. This is a, a ministry education platform where we take the Word of God and we learn the truth about what God's Word says about our life. And then we learn um, through prayer, through Bible study, how to apply um, God's specific instructions to our life so that we can live um, a transformed uh, life as Romans 12 and 2 says to um, not be conformed to this world but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that's exactly what we have been talking about these last few episodes I honestly me <laughs> when I did the first episode which is now about four or so episodes in um, I my thinking was it was just going to be you know one episode and then we would move on um, but then as I prepared each week for the next episode, um, and then I think I took a couple of breaks in between there, and even during those breaks, um, the things that God was talking to me about was the mind and how my mind and what I thought, what I believed, uh, the the memories that, you know, kept coming up and, you know, emotional triggers just showing me just different things about the mind and how it played a role in how I saw God uh, what I saw God was capable of um, that it is possible to believe that there is a God and to believe that God is capable of the miraculous but to have uh, a struggle in believing that those things are true for you uh, it's separated, it's, it's compartmentalized. God exists. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly. But uh, then when it comes to me believing that for myself, for my life, for my future, I struggle with it, um, is what what is a common thread uh, amongst believers. And, um, you know, that just how the mind influences um, how we go, if we go, if we decide not to go, why we decide not to go, just so many aspects. So I'm seeing now that episode after episode, we, we are on the mind. So until God says otherwise, uh, for I believe the rest of this year, we will be talking about and looking at different aspects of the mind and why it is so important um, to, like we talked about last week, the next move that God wants to, to bring in our life. Um, so if he's talking this uh, sturdily or this um, consistently about the mind and the thoughts and what we believe in connection to what we do or don't do, um, then I believe there's some indication there 
there are some hints, some glimpses, right? We keep talking about that, about um, preparing the mind, getting the mind ready so that um, when we step into the new year or as we prepare to step into the new year, that based on how our mind operates is how we will prepare how we will see our future and what's possible for us, right? So last week, uh, episode 26, we looked at, we were looking at Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. We only covered verse 1 through 5, and that was specific to what um, was pointed out that that verse 1 through 5 was the conversation between God and Joshua. And God was informing uh, Joshua that Moses was now dead and Moses's generation was now dead and that Joshua would now be the successor uh, of what God was still planning to do with Israel. And so um, that verse one through five to just sum it up, but I, I definitely encourage you to go and, and listen to it because there were some great points that God brought out uh, during that episode. But to just kind of sum up verse one through five, um, it was God letting Joshua know that the time is now here and for you to lead these people across the Jordan into the promised land and that you must arise. We, we took a really in-depth in look at the word arise and that sometimes it's interchanged with the word rise, uh, but it's two different meanings. And so definitely go and listen to that episode um, so that you can understand the significance of God using that word arise uh, when he spoke to Joshua in regards to what the plan now was. And so it wasn't so much that the plan had changed because it, it, it had not, but he was now, it's like the, the incumbent, you know, the, the new leader is here. And so God had to debrief Joshua on, um, and just make sure he was clear, uh, in what he was visualizing and what the instructions meant, um, because that would be vital. Uh, God spent a lot of time and he went into detail. It would be vital for Joshua to understand uh, the instructions and the intent and the goal because uh, that would then inform how he handled God saying arise and how he led the people. And so uh, God just made it very clear that Moses is dead, that generation is dead, but the promise is not dead. You are not getting the scraps. You are not getting the leftovers. This is not plan B. We are still on plan A. Uh, the same instructions, the same power, the same anointing, the same way that I promised Moses I would be with him, I am going to be with you. Um, so he, God went into great detail and length in helping Joshua understand this is not scraps. Uh, there were also two truths that God gave Joshua in that verse one through five that were also important to know. Uh, one, the land is yours. And he spoke that in verse three. 
so the land that you are about to cross over the Jordan and, and take possession of uh, was a part, was it wasn't a part, but it was the original promise that he gave Moses. Um, the land is yours. So you're not going to occupy something that... Um, you know belongs to them and so let's just go in there and and try to peacefully coexist with one another he said no be clear there are people there but it's not their land <laughs> it's your land so be clear on that uh, because you show up different uh, when you are coming to uh, attend a conference and listen and be a part of it, be a participant, versus when you are coming to the conference as the keynote speaker. You show up different. It's your conference, it's your state, it's your platform, right? Um, and the people are coming and being informed by you. You are setting the tone. So he said, the land is yours. And then in verse five, he says, I am with you. Now, why those two truths were important was because God needed Joshua to understand in his mind as he was, you know, mulling this over and getting himself ready that in my mind, I need to understand the land is mine. It's ours. And God is with me. Um, those were important because Joshua was leading a generation that came from oppression and slavery. Uh, God emphasizing the land is yours was a direct uh, indicator that your mindset, the mindset of the people that you are uh, leading, Joshua, is that generationally they have been used to possession equaling someone else but not them uh, possession was never in correlation with the people you are leading anytime it came to the ability to say you know ability of choice i get to choose what I do today, where, where I go, how I go, you know, all of this, that, that was never their existence once Pharaoh um, pulled them into oppression. The choices were viewed as the other people. And so now that I'm saying the land is yours, which means you will possess it, it, you're, it has to take on a different mindset than what you have generationally uh, experienced. And that I am with you, again, speaks to what has been passed down through the generation. And what has been the historical uh, experience is that we are here alone being oppressed. Um, has God not heard us? Uh, is God not with us? Uh, they were God's chosen people, but were not aware because of the, the oppression and the extent of the torture and the torment um, that was brought on to them mentally, financially, uh, emotionally, and spiritually. So God had to make it clear um, what has been your existence can no longer be your existence going forward in order for you to conquer and to do what i've already set up for you to be successful in you are going to have to take on a different mindset but it's okay because i'm going to show you how 
right? And so God makes all of this clear uh, in verse 1 through 5. And so it, I found it very interesting that uh, God multiple times says to Joshua that as I was with Moses, I will be with you, Joshua. And so it's easy at, you know, first listen to think, okay, you know, he he helped Moses. He told Moses to do this, this, and this. And, you know, he, um, you know, got Moses prayed to him and God answered in this way and that way. You know, it's easy to just see it like that. But I, I want to just for a moment, let's just kind of go back to how was he, how was God with Moses so that we can get the full understanding, the full worth of what he was actually saying to Joshua, the power uh, behind the words that he's saying to Joshua is, I was with Moses, uh, I will be with you. So in Exodus 3, you know, Moses has been in the wilderness, pasturing flock, right? of his father-in-law for 40 years. He's pasturing the flock. He's leading the flock of animals uh, that belongs to his father, right? <laughs> for 40 years. So we see here that, you know, the scripture says, God causes all things to work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, right? So uh, Moses runs to the wilderness because he is fearful. So he's running away and he ends up in, in, in the wilderness and, um, you know, this family takes him in. Uh, he marries one of the daughters and his father-in-law um, appoints him to pasture the flock. And so he's in this wilderness, this place where he does not belong. Um, but he's there uh, out of fear and he's hiding. And so uh, he's learning how to steer and pasture flock. The children of Israel are God's flock. We are God's flock because we're adopted in when we receive Christ, right? Um, and so it's, I just found it interesting that he had already had the 40 years of experience um, pasturing or leading flock um, before God chooses the appointed time to finally talk to Moses. God knew Moses was in the wilderness year one. He knew he was there year two, year 12, year 30, but he chose specifically 40 years to allow Moses to be there. Could it be that in your own life that you have been um, living in, in an existence out of fear, um, thinking that really you were safeguarding yourself, um, that you chose a career out of fear or a relationship out of fear and um, that it would safeguard you from uh, whatever it was that you were fearing. And God allowed you to stay in that situation. It wasn't his specific plan for your life, but he causes all things. Uh, God causes all things to work together. So maybe even the enemy has attacked you uh, or you've lived under some type of oppression or abuse or addiction or whatever it is. And so God will not allow things to be wasted. He uses all things 
for his glory uh, if you will allow him to. And so if you have lived any amount of time, do not feel like that you are stuck in your life or that God can't get to you or God can't change your life or it's too late or you're too old or whatever. Uh, God will appear to you and he will present to you the life that he wants for you. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. And he will use whatever you have been doing, living, knowing, experiencing for his glory. Um, he, he did it with, with Paul and, and when he changed Saul to Paul. He just so many other times we see in the Bible where God can use uh, whatever you're in. So that was just an interesting point. And so, um, you know, Moses is in the wilderness you know, and here comes God, you know, this burning bush. And then Moses is intrigued by it. And he comes over to the bush and he's like, let me go see, you know, what is this? Because that's a little odd. You know, the bush should just be burning, but it's not being consumed by the fire. And so um, he's over there and God speaks and God says, <clears throat> let me just get some water. Hold on. God says to Moses. Hey, Moses, <laughs> what's been going on, man? You know, how, how you been doing out here in the wilderness? You know, how are things going? And, you know, and, you know, Moses is like, you know, I can't call it. It's good. You know, everything is, is good. God and, and most God is like, okay, uh, well, you know, I just want to update you on what's been going on, you know, back over in Egypt with, with the people. Um, and, you know, they haven't, you know, Pharaoh. He, he's, he's not a good one. He hasn't been treating them right. And they've been crying out. So, you know, I finally heard their cry and I'm going to deliver them. And then Moses is like, that's cool. Like, wow. Okay. That, that sounds like a plan. And so then God is like, and I'm going to use you to do it. And Moses is like, but um, what? And so they have this conversation Um and God begins to lay out, Moses, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. And the first part of that is, I'm, you know, my sign to you is that you're going to meet right back here at this mountain. Uh, and you're going to worship with the people. So after everything is said and done, you're going to be right back here. Right here. And so... Um, you know, Moses is like, um, mm, but you said you're going to use me. I don't understand. Um, I can't. <laughs> I don't know if I can. And so um, he's like, who will I tell them sent me? Like, I've, I've been gone and I don't even know if I know anybody back there. And plus the people that were chasing me, you know, they... Mm -mm. you know, they want me dead. And then Pharaoh, you know, he wants me dead. And you, you want me to go back where and do what? And so God is like, okay, listen, I understand, but I am that I am. And so you're going to say to the people, I am sent me, right? And so right there, it's letting us know in Joshua, in Joshua, where 
God is telling Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And so we're seeing here in Exodus what God means. Uh, God says to Moses, at every time Moses says, Lord, but who am I to go back? Who, who am I to deliver the people? Who, who am I, you know, to go before Pharaoh? He's speaking out of fear and his own ability, his limited belief, um, the limitations that he has formed in his mind based on his speech impediment, based on his fear that these people want him dead, uh, based on this, this uh, intimidation of what the people will think. Uh, if I show up proclaiming to do this thing, uh, that I really don't fit the make and model to do this thing. There are other people, you know, there's other people. And so God answers him at every turn. Every time Moses says, who am I? Focusing on self, the limitation of self. God continuously reminds or answers Moses, I am who I am. It doesn't matter who you have come to believe you are. I am is here talking to you, speaking to you. I have prepared this way for you. I haven't made any mistakes. And it's not because I have such great, um, such great belief about you being strong is not because I have such great confidence that you can do it, but I am that I am. I'm the all-powerful one. I'm the one that stands in the gap. I am that I am literally means I will be whatever you need me to be. So if Moses had said, Lord, give me confidence, then I am would have become confidence. If he had said, Lord, okay, you know, increase my faith, increase my wisdom, then I am would have become that. Uh, but Moses continually talked to God about who am I? Who am I? What, how can I? What, what is it that I can do? And so in saying that I am, tell them I am sent you. It means I'll be whatever you need me to be. And then he goes on to say and tell Moses, I've already done this and this and this. And I'm going to use you to do this part. And he tells them, he tells Moses line by line, detail by detail, step by step, what's getting ready to happen. And they're still standing there at this bush, this spot in the wilderness. They, Moses hasn't accepted. He hasn't moved. Nothing. But God has already told him the beginning from the end. He said, I'm going to use you. And then you're going to go to the people. And then the people are going to say this. And they're going to do that. And then you're going to go to Pharaoh. And you're going to be like, you know, I got, I am sent me. And then Pharaoh is going to be like, you crazy. Uh, I don't, what? You know, you're, aren't you that one that, and, and then I'm going to do this to affect Pharaoh and his people, uh, the Egyptians, but it, it's going to cover across the land, but it will never touch my people. Only God 
who is I am that I am can bring locusts or he affect, uh, he turns the water to blood uh, or he brings a great fog and all of the other um, things that he brought against the Egyptians because Pharaoh's heart was hardened uh, every time God sent Moses to, to talk to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Only God can have it affect this but not that. Um, he, it, he, it affected the Egyptians, but it didn't affect his people. Um, it, it's kind of like, uh, well, I, I won't, I won't go there. Uh, but it, only God can get into the sliver of the detail. <laughs> I like that. The sliver of the detail and bring the difference and it will affect what it needs to affect and it will not affect or even touch what it does not need to touch and the whole completion of it will be transformed right isn't that that's the Romans 12 and 2 that we've been looking at. Um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word, the word is sharper than any two-edged sword, right? And, and it, it slices to precision. That's what God was planning to do in Egypt. And so he, he walked Moses through this whole detail. I'm going to tell you to do this and you're going to do that. And the people are going to be like this and then Pharaoh's going to be like this and, and then you're going to have to go back and then all of these plagues are going to come and then finally Pharaoh's going to be like you know what go uh, I'm sick of this I've had enough and now you know we out here burying our we're burying our folk and uh, ain't none of y'all dying or you know y'all ain't thirsty we thirsty we, we tired and y'all so just go right God lays it all down so surely at that point, Pharaoh, uh, uh, Moses would be like, all right, all right, okay, okay. Moses says, please, Lord, <laughs> I have never, <laughs> he says, I, I have never done this before. I am so slow of speech. God says, Moses, okay, let's, 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 let's just take it right here for a minute. God says. Who is it, Moses, that has made man's mouth or makes him mute or deaf? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go and I, even I, the Lord, will be with your mouth and teach your lips what to say. So he's telling him specifically, again, I am that I am. I will be whatever you need me to be. I, if you say it's the speech, which is not the, it's not the speech, but it, you know, if you're going to say it's the speech, then I will be your speech. I'll tell your tongue. I'll tell your vocal cords. I'll tell your lips because all of it was created by me. I'll tell it what to say, right? All of this, God is declaring over and over and over again, I am that I am. I am with you. I am that I am. I will be whatever y'all need me to be. This is what he's talking about to Joshua 
in verse 1, in verse, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 5, when he says, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I will be whatever it is you need me to be. Um, and so Moses finally angered God. And God's like, you know what? I'm not talking to you anymore. Where's your brother Aaron? Uh, is that Aaron coming? Okay, you're, you're going to tell Aaron what I just told you. And Aaron's going to be your mouth, uh, since your mouth does not work. And then you're going to be like his God, right? So you're going to act in the place of who I am. So I'm going to be in you. And then you're going to instruct Aaron. And then Aaron is going to speak, which is what I have called you to do. And we're going to do it like that, right? Um, so God himself is what it says in Exodus, came down to rescue his people. I will be whatever I need to be. It's the same. It was foreshadowing of Jesus coming to save his people. God sent his son. But who was his son? His son was God himself. God loved us. The, the, the love side of God. He, he, he required that we be righteous and holy, but he also had a love that was so great that he turned himself into himself and came and rescued his people um, and saved them and delivered them just like he delivered them in Exodus uh, through Moses and Aaron, right? So uh, let's go back to Joshua. Now that we kind of have a, an understanding of what it means when he says, as I was with Moses, I will also be with you. Um, so we, we, we have cleared verse five, right? Um, and um, just for a second, I want to note that in this whole conversation um, where God is giving instruction to Joshua, which is chapter one, verse one through nine, Joshua does not speak. Moses' conversation with God, Moses was responding constantly uh, out of fear, right? I am, I, what, who am I, who am I? It's constantly going back and forth with God. Joshua, in contrast, does not speak the entire time that God is talking and telling him what's about to happen. Uh, he, God gave a more condensed version of what he had already done uh, to Joshua to get him prepared. Why is that? Why, why was it such a long dialogue with Moses, but it was a more condensed version with Joshua? Well, again, Joshua came up with the generation. He had already watched Moses, right? He had kind of already been Moses' understudy. And so he was now a part of the leadership that would lead the new generation into the promise that had been promised to the old generation, to Moses' generation, right? Uh, he had the mindset that where it was, uh, he had the, the benefit of understanding the historical uh, story or pattern of where the Moses' generation had come from. He was aware of the oppression 
and you know the way that affected the mind and how it caused them to disobey God and and have trouble believing God and have trouble being satisfied with uh, being in the wilderness and not um, you know having these well back when we were back in Egypt you know we at least we got to and now Moses you got us out here in the wilderness and we can't even you know so he had that experience Joshua had that experience but he also was anointed for the future generation he was kind of that middle breed kind of where he knew of that but he was aware of this um there in the wilderness god was constantly talking to the people and giving them the laws and and explaining to them that this is your land and I'm this is where I'm going to take you and and you're my people and and the older generation that knew only slavery and oppression they it was hard for them to grasp that to let go um to to let go of fear and and complaining and all of that because that's what they had did in 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 Egypt but this new generation this new generation lived under the constant voice of God. The old generation lived under the voice of Pharaoh and fear and oppression. That's why Pharaoh put them in slavery because he feared that they were outnumbering uh, the Egyptians and would take over control. So it was fear. Um, that was the catalyst of that. But now this new generation was under faith. They were being taught and directed by faith. Um, so Joshua was, a, he understood that back then, but he was aware of this going forward. So it did not require as much conversation as it did with Moses. It did not require um uh, God to do a whole bunch of talking about I am and, and and I am who I am and this is what I do and because he had already lived under God's blessings in the wilderness and could it be possible that in our life right now we are so focused and I, I'm not belittling it at all uh, because it has been impactful, but we are so focused on the wilderness experience we've had with the shutdowns and the quarantines and the pandemics. And we have focused so much on the government and the mandates and the, all of that, right? The oppression, voting rights and all of those things. And, and we've looked at so much at how, um, you know, the hours have been cut and and pay and just so many different things that have been introduced to us these last two two and a half years that we have missed the realization that if you're listening to my voice right now God has carried you through he has provided daily for you that no it wasn't what it used to be 
but it not being what it used to be is not always a bad thing especially if this is important and this is what I had to learn and I'm still learning um, to let it take a seat in my soul that if God interrupted our life with something that we had never experienced before on the level that we experience, if God did that, and then even when they opened things back up, um, it still did not go back to what it used to be, what exactly the way we used to know it to be. But now we're learning and preparing and God is sending these messages about the mind and thought. We're, he's introducing us to something different. The people of Israel only knew slavery, but he brought them into the wilderness, the shutdown, the quarantine, the having to depend on God to provide in order for them to have anything because this was going to be the new model. He was giving them glimpses. He was giving them information. He was downloading revelation that this is going to be the new model for what it's going to be at the place that I'm taking you to. If we sit and we clutch and we, we white knuckle and we hold on and try to make things be, even though if we really admitted it, we really were not happy. We weren't happy living like that. We weren't. We weren't. But it was familiar. It was comfortable. And this new thing because nobody knows where it's going. Nobody has concrete, definitive, everybody in agreement details about all of the medical things that's being talked about in the news. If you turn to one channel, they're saying one thing. If you turn to another channel, it's another thing. If you go to a panel, it's, they're saying something totally different. Nobody has the definitive answer except God. Except God. So why wouldn't we listen and tune our ears and our hearts to hear from God? So that was the reason why it didn't require a lot of talk. And that was the reason why Joshua didn't have to interject his own conversation with what God was saying. Because he knew God. He had seen God work in the wilderness. And that was all that he needed to know if God is speaking to me then I'm the one to do it. If he's saying he's going to be with me as he was with Moses, I saw how he was with Moses. I know who God is. And so I can rest on that. I, I don't have to ask questions. Uh, he said he will be I am. And so I am means uh, whatever you need me to be, I will be. That's a promise. I will. The, 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 the phrase I will from God is a promise. So the fact that he says, I am with you like I was with, with Moses. The same. No difference. No, no 
no differing, right? It's going to be the same. The promise is the same. The power is the same. The provision is the same, right? The protection is the same. It's same, same, same. So I don't need to interject. I don't need to have questions because whenever questions arise, they're going to be answered by the presence of I am. If there is a question, I am is the answer. So I don't even have to get in my head and think, you know, forward. But what if this and what if that? And what? I don't because he says I am. And we have to learn to settle and trust and rest on I am is with you. Right? That was the two truths. The land is yours and I am with you. We got to rest on that. And so... Um, where we look at that as step one. This is strategy, right? This is a conditional promise. A conditional promise means God says, I'm going to do this set of things to make this thing happen. But you are responsible for doing this set of things. Unconditional promises is I am. I, I just am. I just will be. You know, I'll, I'll be your whatever. I'll, I am your whatever. But conditional promise is, I'm going to do this. I've already done this. This is what you'll need to do. And so verse 6 through 9 is the condition of what Joshua and his people will need to do in order to receive the promise. God can give you a promise, but if you take no action on it based on what he's telling you to take, then it doesn't matter. You won't receive the promise. And it's not because God didn't do what he needed to do. You didn't go to him and find out what you were supposed to do and then implement it. And not only implement it, but take on the the conditions, right? That he says, as I was with Moses, when he was with Moses, he gave Moses the law. You know, this is the way that you need to live in righteousness. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to take you, but you got to live according to Moses's law. Um, you, and we're going to see that in the next couple of verses. You, the law is my righteousness. It's, it's my, um, you know, when you have a list of things, it's my non-negotiable right? You got to live righteous. You got to be holy. This is how you got to treat people. This is how you got to honor and worship me, right? And so th there is a promise from God. There is the part that we're supposed to play and not only the action that we're supposed to take, but that part that we're supposed to play is making sure we're cultivating um, the fruits of the spirit, right? Because we're not under that old law. But that old law um, was put into the lamb, the precious lamb. And so now we have fruits, which are characteristics and conducts that allows us to live those requirements, that law of God, right? The fruits of the spirit that's found in Galatians uh, 5, I think like 23, 24, somewhere in there. Um, so verse 6, it begins with the part that they must do to take hold of what God has already um, handled. And so verse six says, be strong, right? Be strong. And then next it says, be courageous. So how do I be strong and how do I be courageous? And so the definition of strong is able to withstand great force or pressure, 
having the power to move heavy weights. And courageous is to not, um, not be deterred by danger or pain to be lion-hearted. So why did they need to be strong and courageous? Well, there were people already in the land, but it, but it was their land. So they were gonna have to come up against people. And remember last week we talked about how their historical experience was when they come up against people, anything that challenges them, they surrender and submit because in their mind, they thought themselves to be slaves, to be oppressed, to be under the hierarchy of someone else. But God called them my people. And so he had to get in their minds, no, you are the chosen ones. You are my redeemed. You only bow to me, right? Nobody else. No idol, no, no people, no anything. So in going into the land, you need to be courageous. You need to be strong, right? And then I looked at the word be, be in verse six. Uh, to be means to become it, right? And what word did we look at last week? The word arise, to become it, right? So God was saying, become it, be strong, be courageous. But let's let's just go a little bit deeper, right? He's God is saying to, to Joshua, you got to take on the shape of, he said, arise, take on the shape of strength and courage. Well, to take on the shape of something means that I'm not already that thing. Uh, if I'm going to become a wife, I'm not already a wife. If I'm going to become uh, the supervisor, the president, I'm going to become a mom. Uh, I'm not already that thing, but I need to get into the mindset of releasing the old way I used to be. Um, and then I need to take on the mindset and, and the characteristics of what it is I'm getting ready to come into. So how do you do that? What God was saying because remember, he says, I am with you. The way God is with Moses, the way God is with Joshua, God is spirit. He's not flesh, right? So spirit, he dwells in us. He dwells among us. As it was being described in Exodus when, when Moses was leading the people out, right? That the spirit went before them and it went behind them. It was over them, right? So he's saying to Joshua when he says, be strong, be courageous, become what is already indwelling in you. I am with you. I go before you, I go behind you, I'm, above, I'm all around you, become me, become what I am. You're not already it, you're human. And if you go in there and you fight and you try to take over the land, they're, they're gonna, no, it's, it's not gonna happen. But if you go in there and you 
let me go before you and you let me get into your mind and, and, and cause you to start thinking different. If you let me get into your behavior and you start acting different, you don't have to clap back anymore. You know, you don't, you don't have to fear, feel like you've been abandoned or neglected or left out anymore because you know that I am is with you. And so uh, wherever they didn't tell you the secret, uh, I am, I will be whatever you need. I know the things of the world because I created it. So I will tell you the great secrets that you need to know. Um, if, if you feel like I wasn't edu educated, you weren't educated, come to me and let me teach you. Um, whatever it is you need, I will be that for you. And so strong and courageous is what he says. Uh, he didn't say be consistent. He didn't say, you know, be loud and get your armor gear he said be strong and courageous so strong and courageous is what they will need to have to fight this battle god will speak specifically to you that's why it's, it's so important to not copy uh, or imitate anyone else or try to pretend to be what you're not to allow pride and ego and shame to shroud what god wants to do in your life because god will give you exactly what he calls you to do he will give you the strategy specific to take action for that thing so because he spoke strong and courageous to joshua that's what they needed in order to fulfill this promise and so philippians 4 and 13 it says that i can do all things through christ i can't do them through me but i can do them in christ isaiah 41 and 10 says that i am uh, is your God and I will uphold you right uh, Ephesians 6 and 10 says be strong in the Lord and the power of his might Exodus 15 and 2 says the Lord is my strength right so become me let my strength lead you right so in God showing himself to be I am that I am uh, or that I will be whatever you need uh, to be to Moses. He was saying to Joshua, um, the thing that you need to be, I am it. <laughs> right? Anywhere that you're not, I am. Anywhere that you limit uh, yourself in doing or thinking or being, I am. Right? Uh, I am or I will become the thing to complete whatever it is that I'm calling you to accomplish. Uh, I am the change agent. I am the reality shifter. I am the global influencer. And so if I am with you, uh, then that means that you are these same things, uh, but you have to get it in your mind. And so in step three, verse seven, he says again, only be strong and courageous and be careful to follow the law that I gave to Moses. Uh, what he's saying here is only in this move, you can only hear and receive instructions from me. I don't care what it was before. You may have a, a spiritual mother or father. You may have a mentor. You may have someone that you admire. Um, only hear from me. Only move in how I move. Only move. 
only do, only think, only say as I have said, as I have directed, which means you got to come to me because this one I'm not depositing in anyone else. It doesn't mean that they are false or anything, but he's saying this thing you're going to have to depend on me to be. Um, that's step three. Verse eight, meditate on my word day and night. Speak only what I say and let it shape your mindset, which then forms your behavior. So step four is sustain success. Uh, you know, step one was discipline. You know, most, uh, Joshua didn't speak. Discipline your ear and hear in this season. Hear God. Draw close to Him. Step two, you got to become, you got to let God's strength be your strength, not your intellect, right? Step three, don't revert back to old habits. You can't go to the people that you're used to going to. You can't poll friends, you know, well, do you think I should do this? Or how do you, how do you like that? And, and what do you think? No. God said, only be strong and courageous. Verse eight, he says, to have sustained success, you have to meditate on my word. You have to allow it to influence what you do, what you say, what you think, how you behave, how you move, when you move, right? The steps of a good man, right? That That's what that lends to. And then verse nine, he just wraps it all up for Joshua. Have I not commanded you? I have commanded you. So if I have commanded you, sometimes we, we blend that. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. But if you look, there's a question mark there. It, that ends it. Have I not commanded you? I have been the one to command you. So I am the only one that knows the commands. I'm the only one that knows the code. I'm the only one that knows the strategy. So it's going to have to be me and you if you want to get this next thing that I'm about to do in the earth, that I want to do, that I have set up and purpose to do for your life, right? He said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. He's telling him, I know it's in your historical uh, DNA to tremble and be dismayed at anything that opposes you or stands up or looks, appears to be stronger than you. But he says, don't tremble and don't be dismayed for your Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. And then in verse 10, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, Joshua was like, dude i'm good okay let's go right that's how god is calling us to be in this season to follow him to listen to be close with him to allow his strength to be our strength uh, to be our focus to meditate on his word um, there's great truth in there um, and to continually speak only that and do only that and move in only that way and then remember that this is God's plan and so we got to stay with God in order to fulfill it right that was good that was good so I thank you guys for joining me 
uh, in this episode. Definitely go back and listen to last week's episode and this week's episode. All right, be safe, do what's best for your family, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Anchored and Transforming Truth, a podcast where we come together to learn about truth the way God intended. We hope to see you next week when we continue to learn, trust, and surrender to what God wants to do in our lives. Until next time.